The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Welcome to Grace in Focus, a ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. We are so glad that you are here with us today. As Ken Yates and Bob Wilkin look at another key passage in the structure of Deuteronomy, looking at chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. Here, as we will see, God is exhorting a new generation of Jews not to forget Him, not to forget His Word, not to forget His commandments and His provisions as they go into the promised land. Not surprising, we'll find some application even for our present day. So we're glad you're with us. Toward the end of the program, I'll invite you to join us on our website. That's faithalone.org. And I will tell you about some of the things that are there. Now let's join Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates in the studio. Okay, peeps, welcome to Grace in Focus. Ken, good to have you back. It's always good to be here with you fine folks. Amen. All right, well... We're looking at what, Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 5? Yes, we're just going through some selected verses in Deuteronomy that should be explained in the upcoming, Lord willing, Old Testament commentary put out by GES. And we're now looking at uh, Deuteronomy 8 and the first five verses. Okay, well, let me read that. Moses is still speaking, and he says, Every commandment which I command you today you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Yeah, and so what we see in these verses is that as this new generation of Jews are about to enter into the promised land, they're warned here, and by the way, they're warned a lot in the book of Deuteronomy, that they need to be careful, that there's going to be dangers that they're going to face. One of those dangers is they will forget the words of the Lord. They will forget what they learned in the wilderness. The previous generation for 40 years, all those who were over the age of 20 died in the wilderness, except for Joshua and Caleb. And Moses reminds the people of what they should have learned during those 40 years, and they don't need to forget the lessons. And by the way, this word remember in verse 2, if I remember right in Hebrew, it's zakar. We have a vital Old Testament principle that we're to remember, the people of Israel were to remember what God did. They were to remember the creation. They were to remember the flood. They were to remember the exodus, remember the wilderness wanderings. They were to remember Kadesh Barnea, all the key things which God had done. And that was part of the Passover experience, right? In Passover, they would be remembering the fact that God passed over the children of Israel in the 10th plague of Egypt. And of course, the Lord's Supper is a time of remembrance, right? We remember Christ's broken body. We remember his shed blood. And every time we pray, hallowed be thy name, we're remembering, we should be at least, remembering why God's name should be hallowed. 
remembering things he's done in history and and remembering things he's done in our lives and also remembering who he is, his attributes. Yes. And again, as the people were going into the land, they were going to face false prophets, the priests of the idols who were going to be teaching them other things. This is one of the big dangers for them, right. so they need to remember. And there would have been prostitution within the other religions. They would have had temple prostitutes for their gods. And it would have lured them away, and it would have been very easy for them to forget, which, by the way, is exactly what happens. Moses is warning them before they go in there. And so what is it that they specifically are told to remember here in verse 2? Moses tells, remember how God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. God was teaching them things in the wilderness. Yeah, it wasn't just 40 wasted years. Right. Even though they didn't have to go through that, if they had responded well at Kadesh Barnea, they would have gone in 38 years before. Right. And so one of the things that Moses says in these is that he did things for them that they could not do in their own power. His power provided for their needs. He was one, what was he teaching them? That they could trust in him to take care of their needs. And one of the examples that he gives is manna. They needed bread. They needed to eat. Why did God put them through that? Moses says that you would learn through, okay, you got hungry. What did you learn? That God's word was going to provide what you needed. His word provided the manna by which you would be fed. Now, Manna were these little, like, pastry wafers or something, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't need to eat a huge amount. They would gather, like, a quart of these or something, and it would be enough for the family or whatever. But as we read in Exodus, whether they ate a little or a lot, it was enough, right? (laughs) They were getting all the nutrition they needed with these little wafers. They didn't need anything else. So whatever this was— it was an amazing food. Yeah, could you imagine? You don't got to worry about diabetes. You don't got to worry about high blood pressure. You don't just eat this. <laughs> just eat this. Right? I mean, it's like it was uh, some sort of miracle food, food that kept them healthy. For 40 years, it kept them healthy. And not only that, but he goes on to say about their clothing. Their clothing didn't wear out. Their feet didn't swell. You know, I know you've said before, when you go on these 20-hour plane flights, <laughs> your feet swell. I know. I, that's the first thing that stuck out in my mind. Uh, just recently, I've, I started getting compression socks because on these long flights, my feet do swell. So this is pretty amazing for me that they walked around the desert for all those years and their feet didn't swell. And evidently, their sandals didn't wear out either. And by the way, living in the desert for 40 years. Yeah. Not fun. And what is it they were learning in this? That even in this, God would take care of them, that God was going to meet their needs, that God's word was sufficient. About how many people are present here? How many people is Moses talking to? Yeah, that's a good question. It seems like I was in a class and I don't know how the numbers, but it's supposed to be like 2 million. Is that the number that you've heard? The number I've heard is 2 million when they came out of the Exodus, and the same number is around 2 million at this point. Right. Of course, you get the number of the troops, and they had 600,000 fighting men when they go in for the conquest. So when you add women and children, right. Yeah, so it would seem like it's around 2 million, but it could be more like 3 or 4 million. But we're not talking a few hundred thousand, and we're not talking 
like India or China today where there's a billion or more people, right? We're talking somewhere in the range of two, three, four million, right? Mm-hmm. And I heard someone talk, I don't remember the number, but it was talking about how many train loads of supplies you would need to take care of, let's say it's 2 million people in the wilderness. It's just unbelievable. And God took care of all of it, all their food, their clothes, sandals, their water. All that should tell them that our God is able to meet our every need, right? That's the point. Yes, yes. And we should have that same attitude today. Right. And by the way, the number of Jews that were present at this point was not sufficient to fulfill the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that their descendants would be as the stars of the sky or the sands of the seashore. That was yet future. Right. And they also didn't get that during the history of Israel up till the time of Christ. And they also haven't had it since 1948. That's right. It's the still number future. of people is still not up to the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Yeah, so it'd right. be millennial. Right. And of course, you're probably well aware that Jesus quotes from these verses during his temptation in the wilderness. Uh, when he's the Satan says, turn these stones into bread. Right. And Jesus quotes from these verses, man shall not live by bread alone. I think what Jesus is saying is that the lesson that they should have learned here in in Deuteronomy is the bread is not the issue. Jesus says, I'm trusting in my Father to meet my needs and his word. And, And that's what Moses is telling the people as they're about to go into the land. God has demonstrated that he's going to meet your needs if you rely upon him. Okay, I've got a question for you. When he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Does the living there, man lives, refer to being born again, having everlasting life? Man has everlasting life by the words of God. Or is it talking about man having fullness of life, like abundance of life, as a result of the words of God, or both? Well, I I know you're going to agree, well, at least I think you're going to agree with me, is that, yes, certainly we have the word of life from the word of God when we believe we receive eternal life. But it seems to me that this context is focusing at least on the abundant life that we can have as we rely upon God's word. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I would think that's the focus. Although I wonder, and I don't know, I don't think we have enough evidence to show this, I wonder if the Lord could be alluding to the fact that man has everlasting life also by God's word. It's certainly true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But in any case, a lot of... Peter seems to apply that. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people have an anti-intellectual bias, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Like they'll say doctrine divides and they'll say doctrine's basically a bad thing. That we should all just love one another and we should all get along and just suppress any differences. Sing kumbaya. Oh, yeah. Is that it? (laughs) Kumbaya, my Lord. But that's not quite right, is it? I mean, doctrine matters. And doesn't this verse suggest it? If man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, then it's vital that we're following God's words and not man's words. Absolutely. Not false religions. Well, very good. This final part, I guess we can um, end with, you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. This is also a key principle in the Old and New Testament. Hebrews 12, the discipline of the Lord. The Lord disciplined and raised them up the 40 years in the wilderness to teach them the things that they were going to need as they move forward. 
to rely upon him. And the Lord chastens us as well. The author of Hebrews, again, in Hebrews 12, says we should value that discipline in our lives because the Lord is teaching us. So the fact that he loves us, he chastens us. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ken. Thank you all. And keep grace in focus. Thank you both for that great discussion. Would you be interested in some free ebooks on topics you hear on this program? Well, if you are, you need to come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On the site, we've got all kinds of free materials, but one of our popular options is our free ebooks on a range of subjects. They're designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of the faith and scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode of Grace in Focus, we'll move over to Deuteronomy 18 and look at some of God's warnings about false prophets and idols, which are still around today. I hope you'll join us next time. This is the Grace Evangelical Society reminding you to always keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.